Today is Saturday, October 25th, 2014, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, today is already October the 25th, 2014. This year has gone by so very quickly, and yet we're at another 25th message. And tonight, a friend of Medjugorje will open up for us not only this message, but also to help us read the signs of the times that we're living in at this time so many things that are happening in the world, so many things that are happening in our church, in our nation, and in our families. Our Lady is here to speak directly to us, to our daily lives, and to our daily situations. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. Everything that comes to us in these days are made much more clearer from the October 2nd 2014 message. Another school shooting yesterday. Four people shot, or maybe more. Two dead, plus the gunman, 14 years old. And this month is about the saints and their souls and looking toward that. And everything in the world is going toward the secular. Minusing out God, making more and more rules to correct this behavior that adds to nothing, contributes to nothing, but more of the same. So what are we to think of this? When we read about this shooting yesterday, that everything's okay now because they have grief counselors on the scene. Oh, how consoling. How wonderful. We've gotten rid of the priest. We've gotten rid of the pastors. The holy man of God with the scriptures. We replaced him with our ideas of psychological help. And people who have been canceled and got a degree for these situations. People would scoff at this. This is scandalous a hundred years ago. This is who they call in. On the battlefields, World War I, World War II, past wars, they wanted a priest. How many Protestants even attended Mass on the battlefields during World War II? Because it was a serious, reverent, spiritual exercise. And even if they didn't understand it, they wanted to attend it. Before D-Day, before they went in battle, read about it. 
And now we've secularized everything so much that there at the death, we have hospice. We have them comforting the dying. We've read stories where they actually, to comfort the dying, turn on the TV set so they won't be so lonely or that I get the mind off what's happening. I don't want my mind off what's happening. I want to know I'm dying. I want to know what it's going to be like. I want to be aware of that. I don't want to be knocked unconscious by morphine. I want to go to that, looking for Our Lady, looking to be in her arms, that she bring me to Jesus. And oh, how we've traded everything for nothing, just worms. Grief counselors on the scene at the school shooting, shooting. How wonderful, how consoling. We've traded everything for nothing. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's October 25th, 2014 monthly message to the world. Dear children, pray in this time of grace and seek the intercession of all the saints who are already in the light. From day to day, may they be an example and encouragement to you on the way of your conversion. Little children, be aware that your life is short and passing. Therefore, yearn for eternity and keep preparing your hearts in prayer. I am with you and intercede before my Son for each of you, especially for those who have consecrated themselves to me and to my Son. Thank you for having responded to my call. We know that consecrations have some purpose for a lady to single out, talking to everybody today, but especially a certain group, those who are apostles. What does that mean? What does it mean to be consecrated? What's the power of consecration? Does it diminish the power of Satan over that person? Yes and no. And he says, I'm with you and intercede before my son for each of you, especially for those who have consecrated themselves to me and to my son. This is something you must do. But by doing so, don't think you're lesser of a target of Satan. You're more so of a target. Because what he can't have he will make that life miserable. The visionaries have told us this. Consecration means that ownership, the title of your car that you have, proving your ownership, that you belong to Our Lady, that you belong to Her Son. And don't think your temptations won't be worse. Don't think it won't be more powerful. Don't think you have more difficulties. Because Satan hates especially those who consecrate themselves. Those who haven't given full title to the Lord, to, to Our Lady, are a lesser target. When they were trying to shoot General Washington on the battlefield, and Indians were shooting him, and they, they was going through his hat, it was going through his, coat, his jacket. He even wrote his mother back, Washington did, about that he miraculously survived. But holes was in his shirt or jacket and didn't penetrate him. And the Indians looked him up 20 years later to see who they couldn't shoot and who wouldn't die because God did not want them to. They knew it was supernatural themselves. 
But they wanted to take him down because if you take the general down, you take down the army, it demoralizes, it falls apart. Just think if Washington was died, died, was killed in that. Do you think we might have been born as a nation? Evidently, we wouldn't have because by the evidence of what happened, what even the Indians conceded to her to is that the great white chief in the sky wanted to keep them. And so it is the consecrated. Those especially who have consecrated themselves to me and to my son, you want to do this. But you've got to increase your capacity. You've got to fast. You've got to pray. We posted something on our site today, or was it yesterday, uh, about Ebola, part two. And one objection came to it that we had an agenda. It's political. But what happens in this mentality is that the capacity of this individual is too small to grasp what was written on there, what I put there. They don't have the capability to see it. They're making judgments and seeing what they're reading according to what they know. But every day you fast, you open yourselves up a little bit more. Every time you open yourselves up to prayer, you open your capacity for God to show you more things in the same message that you read a, a day or a year before that you can see what you didn't see. And so especially those who consecrate themselves, God particularly wants to fill that vessel. And then when it's full and overflowing, to get them to fast more and pray more, to open up the capacity to receive more that he can give you. He wants to give you so much in this time. Our ladies here every day to feed you so much. But after you eat a meal, are you ready to eat anymore? God doesn't wait. It's just like food every day. You fast. You open up more capacity for spiritual graces. You're filled with that. He can't put more into you because you can't grasp it because you're not open enough to see the next level. Conversion is a process that lasts your entire lifetime. If you increase your capacity through prayer, fasting, penance, sacrifices for love and say, I'm opening up my heart, you're becoming bigger and bigger in your capacity to comprehend greater and greater the message. And so we see these individuals so narrow-minded that you think you can't apply the template of the messages about our president or about Ebola or about elections, about war, politics, the economy, dying, divorce, and everything in society from the environment to the people who believe in global warming and the lie to seeing what truth is. The capacity of man is so narrow, it's so small by the way his structure and society has led them to, they can no longer see where they're supposed to be going or even grasp it. Our Lady said, August 31st, 1982, I particularly protect those who have been consecrated to me. It's not that Our Lady's going to abandon you. She's not going to do that. She's going to protect you. Why she got to protect you especially? Because when you're consecrated, you got to protect what is yours. And the devil wants from Our Lady what is hers to grab hold of that even more deeply, to penetrate his claws into it, to rob her of it. And so you got to be aware to be consecrated takes a heavy responsibility. And it's a fight. Our Lady said August 11th, 2014, Pray to your children for the plans for my plans for peace. Decide for peace and fight against evil and sin. You have to press on for this. And when you can convert people, or you can't convert people, you be there. Walk into a house. Peace to this house, the scripture says. 
And the owner of the house says back to you, peace be to you. And you know there's peace in this house. But Jesus said, if you go to a town, they reject you. Don't you don't keep trying to convince them. Jesus didn't get the disciples, 120 who walked away, and say, come back. Let me tell you more about my teachings. He says, walk. Either accept it or walk. And that's what he says to the disciples. When you go to the town, they reject, reject you. Shake the very dust off your feet and don't look back. Lot's wife looked back. Lot kept walking. She turned her pillow salt. We have to grasp what it means to press on. We have to grasp that it won't be easy being consecrated because temptations are there. Adam gave devil, devil the reign of, on the earth because he sinned. But you have to run, and, and we have to realize this runs in our veins now. To be consecrated is a certain protection, but also is a certain target put on your back that Satan wants to go after you all the time. January 1st, 2001, our lady said, I desire you to be consecrated to my heart and the heart of my son. And actually, what this message is tied to is something profound. January 1st, 2001, my dear children, now that when Satan is unchained, and then she gives the only solution. This is back to 2001. Pre-September 11th. And that solution is, I desire, and Satan being unchained, I desire to be to you to be consecrated to my heart and to the heart of my son. There's no other way around this. This is the only way. And August 25th, 1997, especially I call all of those who have consecrated themselves to my Mac heart to become an example for others. That's your call. The only way you can do that is to press on to the higher calling of the Lord. Many will try to stop you. They want to shake up your mind. They said, prove to me that the Lord, or that Jesus is the Lord. This is what's happening in the culture today. Show me a sign. You are his sign. You're the one that's going to be example. As the lady says, consecrate yourself to my micro heart and be example to others. This is how it works. We are the billboards for Jesus. I'm pressing on. Well, I'm pressing on to the higher calling of my Lord. Well, I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. Tried to stop me, shake me up in my mind. So prove to me that he's the Lord. Show me a sign. What kind of sign do they need when it all comes from within? What was lost has not been found. What's to come has already been. Well, I'm pressing on. Yeah, I'm 
the dust off of your feet Don't look back Nothing can hold you down right now There's nothing that you lack Temptation's not an easy thing Let him give the devil rain Because I sin, I got no choice It's running in my veins I read this message today, it reminded me of a conversation that we had yesterday when um, you came into my office and you were speaking about a saint that was very much a part of your spiritual journey uh, before Caritas began, and that he was very instrumental in leading you uh, along your spiritual journey that helped lead you into your calling to uh, begin Caritas. So I thought with Our Lady's message in in it today, she says, seek the intercession of all the saints that maybe you could give um, some of your uh, personal experience of what how that has helped you. Well, my patron saint is, who I've adopted is Joan of Arc, but who, who started me on a path was after going to Crescio, we've been grouping with buddies, that you group with for a year, I, I began to outgrow them, got into the saints. And who I got into is Padre Pio. And, uh, of course, I remember the nuns telling us about his school when he was alive, because I think he died in, what, 70? 68. 68, right, right in that period. So I was in grammar school, and we'd hear the nuns talk about it, and we were just mystified that this guy could levitate. He had the wounds of Christ. He could read hearts. He kicked people out of confession because they wouldn't confess or they wouldn't contrite. They'd come back a year later. It all really was an amazing, uh, amazing thing that he was alive in our time because everybody needs to look at the '60s. It was a very dead spiritual life. People were carrying signs that God is dead because you didn't hear miracles. We hear miracles now, even though things are going such darkness. We hear a lot of miracles today, but in the '60s and the '70s, there were no miracles. Nobody was thinking about that. They didn't need any miracles. We were inventing everything. Everything was new. Polio, vaccination, smallpox, everything was going away. We were on the diminishing side of everything, sinning, but not experiencing the consequences of sin because God's not wrathful where he just comes immediately and smashes us. He lets us grow into the consequences over decades, which is what we're inheriting now, which makes people more prayerful, which makes people more capacity to, to understand and see things and pray for miracles, and we're receiving miracles. There's miracles all, of, all the time we're hearing about now. 
the Padre Pio was really about the only thing spiritual in those days. So I was always mystified with him. Later on growing up, I got into reading about him, Padre Pio, the true story, and was just mystified by this man and really began to pray with pray for him. And I could say he's really put me on the path of founding Caritas, not Medjugorje. And it was very deep relationship, a very personal relationship. And his presence was very strong in guiding my direction to where I am now. And he passed the baton because from there I went to Medjugorje. And then I could say he diminished in my life in that regard. Not that I have any less respect, but our lady said today, pray in this time of grace and seek the intercession of all the saints who are already in the light. So you got your loved ones. We know the visionaries have told us something very, very fascinating. It's just really exciting when you hear this. And they said, when you pray for your loved ones, they can see you at that moment. So when you're at family reunions, or All Souls Day at the end of this month, and your family's together, and you decide to pray a rosary, and you pray it for the intercession of that loved one who's in the light, they're watching you at that moment. They join the family reunion. Can you imagine that? These are the candies Maria's told us about. We didn't have that foresight or that insight. Is it scriptural? It's private revelations. Private revelations enliven public revelations. And so we have to realize our lady's here for biblical reasons. She is revelations. She is the woman of revelations. She's chapter 12. On the 10th anniversary, June 25th, 1991, our lady said, these days that I'm with you are grace. I desire to teach you. Can you imagine that? The queen of heaven is coming down to teach me. The Queen of Heaven is coming down to teach you. Who who are those people? Those who desire to understand the messages? And she qualifies that. Teach you to help you walk on the path of holiness. It's an incredible thing because we have many Catholics that scoff at this. I was just told about a bishop somewhere who was going to do something. Was that you tell me about it, Ruth? Uh, a bishop just stopped somebody from doing something magical here. I think that was in Italy. And it, uh, yeah, I tell you, this is unusual. And so, what what was the story on exactly? Um, I don't know a whole lot about it except for that he was speaking out about stopping um, anything in Italy in his diocese pertaining to Medjugorje, and they had something planned. I think the beginning of November, where Vitska was supposed to be coming uh, into his diocese to speak, and he's wanting that to be canceled. If you want to see how wrong this is. You go on the line and look up bishops and prudent prudence. And you listen to the radio shows, the Spanish shows, to show where the bishop's role is and what our role is as apostles. Those people, she says, I call you, especially for those who consecrate themselves to me. And so we have to really see that Our Lady is calling us in a special way. Our Lady gave a message that is incredible that she said, pray for my shepherds to be good representatives of my son. 
The mother of God's calling us every day. She's telling us what to do. She's teaching us. She wants us to understand these things. And here it is. And Italy's filled with this. I mean, there's bishops and priests all over Medjugorje. It's all over the news. Paul Ambrosio, a big newscaster like Peter Jennings there, is all over the news every night about Medjugorje. It's all over the world. I mean, all over Italy covered from one side to the other. And a bishop stopping it. And he says, pray for your shepherds that they be worthy representatives of my son. Why is she saying that? Because some are not. And that's frightening. And on the 10th anniversary, she spoke about that. I desire to teach you. We got a heavenly being, the greatest in heaven of all the saints, teaching us. And then she says, there are many, this 10th anniversary, June 25th, 1991. There are many people who do not desire to understand my messages and to accept with seriousness what I'm saying. That means they've heard them. They're aware of them, aware of them but they're not accepting them with seriousness. And they don't desire to understand it. They won't fast. They won't pray. So the capacity's narrowed and they say, this is stupid. This is just, sad. I've heard people say this, religious it's just the same old thing. It's because you're narrow and you're, you're, you're limited and constricted yourself to such a degree you can't even grasp some messages because you don't have the capacity to. You've got your own little path. Do you feel you're worthy rejecting Medjugorje as a bishop or a priest or even a layperson? Are you a worthy representative as a Christian? Are you worthy of that? There are many people who do not desire to understand my messages and to accept with serious, what I, seriousness. I read this stuff and I get excited, so I start going too fast. Accept with seriousness what I am saying, but you, I therefore call and ask that by your lives, your daily living, you, you are my witnesses or whether you witness my presence. And then she says something very big. If you pray, God will help you discover, listen to this, these simple messages, you got to discover something. If they're so simple, they're so plain, anybody can understand them. Why have you got to discover something? She says, you, I will help you discover the true reason, reason for my coming. And what is that? She says, then to answer this, therefore, little children, pray and read sacred scriptures so that you that so that through my coming you discover the message and sacred scriptures for you. Wow, Mary is biblical. This is public revelation is coming to life. She is here on the earth as a woman of revelations. Telling us to read the Bible and you'll know why I'm here. She's here. She's in the Bible. It's Revelation 12. Read it and read it and reread it and read it. This is a biblical moment. This is Bible coming to life. This is an Antichrist time. We're living biblical time just like when Jesus walked the earth, except this time is Mary's time. And so we don't know where we're going to go. We don't know what's going to happen to us. We've got to realize that we are here just for but a moment. Our lady said everything's passing. Everything's going away. 
We need to realize where is our home. And she's coming here saying something so profound that people don't want to don't desire to understand it. They don't want to accept it or hear it with any seriousness. But she says, I'll give you the true reason if you read the Bible. Think about that. Read the Bible and you're going to learn why she's here. In other words, I'm, I'm here because this is in the Bible. Think about these things. Meditate on them. Because here, we're going home. Peace is like something we've never known. What, what is the struggle of life? Society gives bad direction. The world, if you follow it, will hurt you and damage you. The way of life our lady gives you and you follow it will hurt you and make you whole. One damages you, one hurts you, but it still makes you whole. One leads to hell, one leads to heaven. Both will be home for eternity. You decide where you want to make your home by your life, the way you live, what you hate, you love, do not forgive, do forgive. The choice is yours. Love will conquer hate. That determines where we'll be. Is anybody out there searching? Has anybody lost their way? Am I the only one who's hurting today? Must have got some bad directions How'd we ever end up here All this pain and desperation And fear But if we ever make it home There'll be peace like we've never known Nobody's gonna walk alone
peace like we've never known Nobody's gonna walk alone We'll be leaning on each other Loving one another Every wall that we've built up There are a lot of things that Our Lady always uncovers for us in the message. And before we leave this specific sentence, if we even leave this sentence, where Our Lady says, seek the intercession of all the saints who are already in the light. And can't help but think, just, well, just, just we've been doing a little research, that, of course, for those of you that are listening. And, and just yesterday, we were looking in this one place where they had a display of some things historical that were, that were very nicely done. But there's always these elements that they always throw in there, and they promote certain people that that um, the world promotes the saints. And Our Lady said in the message, the saints who are already in the light. And I know you've talked about, not necessarily on this microphone, but I know that you've talked before about your frustration about certain people or things that pe- that the world has promoted as being saints who are not, who are in reality, not saints. And... Um, so before we left this point, I just would like for you to, I don't think you've ever really spoken about that ever before on this on this show, but um, maybe to broach at least into that topic, uh, because a lot of people are deceived by this. Well, the whom the world loves is really something to point at to indicate that they're not walking with God. Because if you're of the world, then you're not of God. The world, just like this preceding the song, would damage you. Walking with Our Lady, walking with God, is always going to be something that's going to contain a battle. It's going to be difficult. You'll be you'll be fighting, and that's what the saints are. They both were in war, and they both were in in battle. And this battle was constantly something that they had to fight for, but also made them hated by many people. Saint Teresa of Avila. They came to burn her down, her convent. And all she was doing was trying to be holy. But see, people don't want to be holy. They're going to get comfortable. They don't want to be convicted. And usually when people start despising you for what you're doing, it's because you're convicted and bringing things, truth back to light. And so people aren't walking in the light. And they'll live with degradation. They'll live with everything falling apart. And those moral reformers that rise up, they're agitators. It's an amazing thing right now. I just got the reading about overpopulation because what I'm writing about Ebola, that they're actually saying some things that's incredible. We got people in the government right now saying that because of global warming and its dangers, we'll have to look at the morality of, of overpopulation and restricting the population 
because we're going to destroy the environment, which if the environment is destroyed and damaged, will hurt people to live a successful and happy life. They're shifting everything in reverse very cleverly in a way that's very scary to the dumbed-down people whose capacity is so restricted to say, well, it's a moral issue. They literally said, these are government officials on record, the thing that's on the site today, you need to read, I'm adding a supplement to as a supplement that covers some of this. They literally said that forced sterilization can be looked at when overpopulation gets to a point where all the population is harmed by it. So we have to look at the morals of that. See how they're shifting everything? They're talking about morality. They're talking about morals. And most dumbed-down people will read that and say, well, it's true. So in other words, we have one family here that's got eight daughters. And so they, ha- they adopt a one-child policy and sterilization after that. This is the people in the United States government. This is on record. Not about the one-child policy, but about looking at forced sterilization for the better good of humanity. So they look at this, and they judge it how greedy and how unmoral and how selfish it is for one family to have eight kids when the good stewards, those who are morally high-minded, thinking about the rest of everybody else because they're thinking about global warming and the, the benefits and the changes of that, that they only will have one kid. How greedy this family is, taking all the resources And I'm telling you, people are being raised to think that they will be immoral. They're coming in positions of authority and be over and move into government positions. They're there. This wireless says, look what's happening around you. And these things are frightening. We have the basis of, of the Antichrist ruling over us, forcing sterilizations. I heard today... And you see it everywhere. You, you go down the road, Walgreens, you have flu shots. What is all this about? Walk to the airport, free flu shots. What is, what is the reason for all these flu shots? I'm very suspect. I'm not looking for a devil or a conspiracy underneath the rock. But I'm questioning, where did all this come from in the last three or four years? And it's growing. And it's so cheap that you have to have a flu shot instead of just taking on the flu. Letting your antibodies build up in your body, fighting it instead of something else fighting it for you. Somebody could say, "Oh, well, you don't have medical knowledge. What are you saying about this?" Well, I'd rather I'd rather my own body fight it. Yes, if somebody's seventy years old and they get the flu, yes, and they're weak already, they may die from it. But pneumonia is a better death than extending life artificially and doing all kinds of things that you'll be incapacitated for the next ten years. What is God's plan? But the reason I'm bringing this flu shot up is what are they putting into it? What kind of ingredients are in it? The one I just heard on the radio said, get your flu shots. You'll get everything that's protected from flu and and some other things. They said the phrase was in there, just added, and, and whatever else is in there. What else is in there? Sterilization? Is it a point that they can drop something in that causes unnoticed, long term? 
loss of sterility. We know that sterility is increasing. Read the Rockefeller Foundation. Read what their eugenics are, what they think about these things, policies they put in. We have evil ruling. Don't think that they don't go to the the pharmaceutical companies and say, well, this is a flu shot, this is it. But what are they adding to it? And we'll the Rockefeller Foundation said, we'll subsidize this. I'm saying this theoretically. I don't have facts on that. I do know the Rockefeller Foundation is very big on this kind of stuff. And if you know your enemy, you know what the moves are. And so read today and yesterday's posting of Ebola Part 2, yet it's happening. It's scary things happening. At the same time, we're not to be scared of it. We're not to walk in fear. We have to realize that our ladies want to come to illuminate us, to increase our capacity through fasting and prayer, to see things that nobody else is seeing. You and me, one day, will be with the saints. But we also can see the saints today. And they were here. They, they're, Louis de Montfort was like a roaring fire. They bishops put him down, all the way down in one little diocese, and restricted him. These people were battle on the battlefield. Are the saints of the ages peace? Are, are they really peaceful living? And, and rather, did they live for peace? Yet, God is found in the battlefield. All saints were warriors. If it was both love and war for them, it was to fight and to love as they were in war. To war is to love. It is Our Lady who said, the saints are both lovers and warriors. Now, she relates that through many parts of her messages. You can come to that conclusion. You have to war against yourself and you have to love your enemy. That's not an easy thing to do on the battlefield. But all the saints have this as a testament to the life. And they had to love the enemy to the point of conquering their souls. Saints is what we're called, you and me. And I'm convinced when we get to heaven and sit down with these people who have a lot of war stories to be talking about, there'll be beautiful memories of what we did on the earth. Yeah. 
God does with the saints. Telling them on earth, you roar through life like a roaring fire. Every saint did that, from Mother Teresa to Joan of Arc, to the great saints, to the small ones. They are fire upon the earth. Our Lady wants to side a fire up. The Holy Spirit wants to come set the fire, earth afire with God's Spirit. And what do they bring down? God's reaction to this fire? I bring the rain like thunderstorm. Like a thunderstorm. He collaborates with the saints. That's what I is here for us to collaborate with us. Read the sacred scriptures so that through my coming, you discover the message in sacred scripture. For what? For the true reason she's coming. How much more do you need to have to increase your capacity to realize this woman is here because it says so in the Bible? Big proclamations? No, it's in the message. She says it. This is my time. All right, he's coming to warn us. About our life, and this is the time to be thinking about our life. August 25th, 2001. Do not forget, little children, that your life is as passing as a flower. August 25th, 2006. You will see how short this life is. Wow. We have all these things happening now. Even today's message. Be aware that your life is short and passing. 
Meaning the church will say, yeah, we're going to die sometime. Well, why is it like you saying this? Is she trying to say something to us? She's not here for 33 years without warning that, that whenever God comes and corrects the earth, there's always many people lose their lives. We can't say what's going to happen. We know there's three secrets. She's encouraging us. She's impelling us. Go to confession. She said, be ready. November 2nd, 2006. Your time is a short time. Do not permit delusion to begin to rule over you. You're going to live forever. You will if you're with Our Lady. You won't if you're with the devil. But you will live forever. It'll be a living death. January 25th, 2007. Do not forget that you are passing like a flower in a field, which is visible from afar, but disappears in a moment. What happens when you pass? When you go in a car, you see it for a minute, and it's gone. March 25th, 2008. Everything is passing. Little children. And this is important. This next few words is very critical to understand and grasp. Little children, only God is not passing. And this is the very thing that we're passing up in society and the culture today. The thing we're throwing away. We want grief counselors instead of the people of the cloth and the pastors. We want grieving committees. All based in psychology and all kind of expertise and techniques. Not love. September 2nd, 2011. Everything around you is passing and everything is falling apart. Only the glory of God remains. We have everybody glorying in their sin, promoting it, getting lost past, doing all kinds of strange, bizarre, extraordinary, bizarre behaviors. Is it this is going to linger on and continue in the culture? No. Their glory is dated and timed, and God will correct it because the lady says, only the glory of God remains. We'll come to a springtime. That's where our lady leads us to. Who's going to be left? It's going to be the freshness after knowing the flood. Therefore, she continues, renounce everything that distances you from the Lord. You better get away from these people. All these people, all these ways, all these laws, all these things that they're talking about, living in untruth, living a lie, Promoting sin is not sin anymore, but on a moral basis is okay. From the spectrum to the east to the west, this is taking place. November 25th, 2013. You will comprehend, little children, that here on earth everything is passing. How will you comprehend that? To act upon your freedom and conversion that your faith become firm. And then you'll be able to say with the heart, my God, my all. You will comprehend, little children, that here on earth, everything is passing. May 25th, 2014. Pray and be aware that with God, without God, you are dust. Later in the same message, be aware that this life is passing. My wife and I was talking today about the Navy SEALs. She's in the book right now reading Lone Survivor, Marcus Luttrell, who's Catholic. If you haven't read it, it's an incredible story. It needs to be edited. Your kids don't need to read it. It needs to be marked out. But we were talking about one of the tests that they go through, and one of them is after they've gone through incredible tests 
of of making it, and many of the guys of three hundred or two hundred sixty or so are called out down to over just over a hundred or ten or so, and they're going to go through what's Hell Week, which is an incredible week of no sleep. They probably don't sleep for three to four hours the whole week. They got to go into extreme exercises, both in the water, on the beaches, all over the place. They got to go through ammo, ammunition, and live battle scenes that's so loud that it scare and shake the most bravest person, make them even go crazy, make them hallucinate because they 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 have to run even to eat their lunch or their dinners. They have to run a mile or so to go get that and then run back and get right back in everything. Incredible harshness. These people are superhuman. They don't, they don't have the strength to do what they do. They can only end up by will. But one thing they do to them is right before Hell Week starts, they get a little reprieve and they take them to the beach and they line them all up, sitting beside each other for the sunset and watch it. And they start playing psychological games with them. Throughout the whole course, you'll hear a bell ring when one didn't make it to the swimming contest or to extreme test where they literally drown you if you, if you don't come up and they resuscitate you. And so you have to go ring the bell, lay your... Um, I think down something something lay, lay down I forgot what it was and then you walk and these guys hate this they get, the further they get into it, the bigger investment they got the more they can do but they get them on the beach and they watch the sunset it's beautiful it's going down and then they start telling them look at the sun going down you don't have to go through this tonight you don't have to go through hell week quit don't do it do you know what's coming you should be afraid. And they watch the sun down, go down, and they keep taunting them. And all of all the uh, sergeants and everyone walking up and down. Look at the sun going down. This is about what's happening to you. You're going to lose everything. Why even go through this? They're doing everything in their possibility to make these guys walk. And it's the last test to be a Navy SEAL. And the bells start ringing. And then another bell. And they let these guys hear it. See, you hear this? Another guy just ringing the bell. He's not going to go through this. They start torn with their minds. And they leave and quit out of fear. Many of them, 30 or 40 of them will walk. Gone that far and just out of fear, they will walk. And so the sun's setting. It's gone. Our life is just going past and running just like a sunset. And we've got to realize we've got to stay and have the power of consecration to draw upon God for what we're to go through and what we're to go through as apostles because you cannot be an apostle if you don't go through Navy SEAL training, meaning your life is going to have misery. There's going to be things that the SEAL has to go through that you have to go through spiritually. They literally break them into pieces. They break them down so they can put them back together. If you're going to follow Our Lady, You're going to go through this sunset and you're going to be broken to pieces for the purpose of making you whole again. A strong mother holds her child like that because she's got a whole world that she desires you to conquer. And if you can't become a spiritual seal, if you can't become a saint who can love, because all this is in the end is really about one thing, it's love. 
You have to love God more than yourself. They love being Navy SEALs. They love the patriotism of our country. They, they're driven by this. But Our Lady parallels this in the same way. And so you're going to let that sunset. Everything in you die to be seeing a sunrise. Are you not? It's all your choice. She's calling you to do this. Like a mother holds her child Free as horses running wild And real as a prayer on a lonely night And sure as the ocean tide Oh you made of you heal you believe you're the simple truth and you're the biggest mystery
everyone's heard of a loved one suddenly dying. With the ladies, our October 25th, 2014 message, seek the intercession of all the saints who have already already in the light, and we have those loved ones there. How sad it was that we weren't able to say goodbye to them. How we may long for that. How many regrets may people have? One day they were there. The next moment they were gone. Just like a fading sunset. Nothing can stop it. We can't stop the sun going down. We can't stop people from dying. We can't stop losing loved ones. But one thing we can do is be an example to them. We can witness to them. We can raise our children instilling in them principles that they'll never waver from. They may go through a gray zone. But if you raise your children loving God, loving Our Lady, following not themselves, not serving themselves, but living for others, raise them with this charity in the heart. If they sway from it, they'll return to it. Raise a child when the way or right, he will not depart from it. Everybody's going to test it. Everybody's going to lose away a little bit. Everybody betrays God at one point in their life through sin. But we have our lost people not instilling the principles that their children need to have the resilience, especially against the culture that's being assailed and teaching assailing the soul today and the mind and changing what is immoral to be moral and what is moral to be immoral. Reversal. And so just as the sun can't be stopped, you've got to realize you may lose a spouse from a moment to the next or a child. But if you've instilled a love of God and not living for self, then remember the message where our lady says, your life does not belong to you, but it's to be spent in helping others toward eternal life. If they got that principle in them, every act they'll be will be an unselfish motivation. A selfless life filled with love. And the joy you'll have when you see them again. As the lady says, who are already in the light. And you sit and down with those loved ones. How elated will you be that you help them get there? How sad your heaven will be that they're not. You say, oh, I can't be sad in heaven. Well, you're happy, you're content, you're full of the fullness of the love of God. But don't think Jesus was wounded by Judas. The point man, God said he'll be wounded forever for this. Don't think that a lady in Medjugorje has not cried over souls going to hell. She's in heaven. Yes, when everything's over, we'll understand why people are in hell and even loved ones and why people are in heaven. But a lot of people aren't making it because their spouse, who's the Christian, the higher virtue one, or the parent over the child is not guiding them in the right way because they don't want to pressure. They feel they need to make up their own mind. You form them. If you don't, the society will. What is love? Love is desiring to see them again in the joy and the spirit and the love of heaven. And if you want to see your loved ones again, you want to see your spouse, or you want to know that they lost eternity because of what you didn't do, and you might may barely make it to heaven because of that and go through a long time in purgatory, you better think you may be the only Savior they may ever have in their life. 
So don't complain about them. If you're the religious one, you got the higher virtue. Because that sun is going to fade and it's going to slip away. You want to be when it happens that you're not going to cry because you know you're going to see them again when it happens.
We started in the early 90s a beautiful thing that was inspired in place of Halloween for Hallow's Eve for the saints. We moved it to our cemetery. We all gather a leaf, we gather at night. We hear the echoes of the wind at night when we gather, calling us back to time, back to you, those who've died, in a place that they're in far away in heaven. And we burn a leaf in a big fire to let die everything in us that's not of God. And then we go one by one in the whole community, naming all their loved ones, everybody we know, even the forefathers, everybody we can think of, calling upon them, the saints in heaven, just like the ladies said today, call upon all the saints to intercede for you. We've heard people doing this in Italy. You can go on our site and see about it. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We make homemade desserts, all kinds of things afterwards, and we eat there in the cemetery in the dark. It's our Halloween to turn it back to spiritual instead of goblins and spooks. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We've had kids that's 20 years old here, growing up doing this every Halloween. Our lady saying, create a new world. Live forever in the song. Talk about that. Wild as a willow in a hurricane. That's what we're supposed to be. Strong enough to stand in the stormy weather. We might be crazy enough to make history. Because the world just ain't the same since we got together. And that's the purpose of Our Lady. To get us together one link in the chain at a time to wrap around the whole world to change its direction. And as the song says, the conclusion of it is we might just live forever. Follow Our Lady. Live her words that you might live forever with your loved ones. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the October 25th, 2014 Radio Wave Show with a friend of Medjugorje. To listen or download free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com. Go to the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. You can also order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.